You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to Behind Enemy Lines. We are a matchsticks and gasoline podcast, part of the SB Nation NHL Podcast Network. It's Mark here this afternoon. We are hanging out with Jim from Pennsburg, talking a little bit of Flames and Pittsburgh Penguins ahead of their game on Monday night. Jim, how are you on this lovely Sunday? Doing great. How's it going, Mark? Thanks for having me. Yeah, no problem. We're we're, uh, we're licking our wounds after a two goal lead turned into a four two loss last night uh, for the Flames and Jets. So, uh, you know, it's a it's not a great Sunday morning when the Flames lose, but it. Life could be worse, right? It's not snowing where I live, so I got that going for me. So um, let's just jump right in so far. Um, Pittsburgh, kind of been an up-and-down season uh, for you guys, 10-7-4. and four. You guys are fifth in the Met. Um, your impressions of what's uh, happened so far with Pittsburgh? So far, it's kind of been just hanging on. COVID hit the Penguins really bad. They had eight players in a couple of different waves that were out, including the coach as well, Mike Sullivan missed his 10 days so that's been a trouble injuries have always have popped up and reared its ugly head so in a way the penguins were just kind of hanging on treading water they actually started the season out really well going 3-0 and 2 and then kind of a lot caught up with them and they struggled a bit and recently in the past two weeks they've been great uh just railed off a five-game winning streak before losing saturday night to montreal to break that but overall it seems like they're trending in the right direction they have a really good process and the team is is generating a lot they just really need to get you know better players and better roles to finish if the injuries sort out no you know that makes sense a lot of teams too have been hit this year hard by that COVID bug the Flames had I think Pittsburgh might have been one of them when they played earlier where they had three or four games against teams that were just decimated Ottawa had it the Islanders had it I mean it's been tough on some teams so that would make sense you know things like that would contribute to the tough start um injury wise you mentioned um Crosby back in the lineup you know he's been back for what nine games now he's got six points um Malkin he's out long-term IR with a knee injury um are, there, is, are the glory days of Crosby and Malkin kind of at the top of that hill coming down the other side at this point? It does look like it's kind of coming down the hill a bit. I mean, just because their age, Malkin turned 35 this summer. Yeah. Crosby, I guess, is 34 now. So they're definitely on the back nine of their careers. And just uh, getting going for Sid has been hard. He's been generally the past probably five years when the NHL's top face-off guy is usually is about 55% and he takes a ton of draws and this year so far he's only 40% so that's kind of raised eyebrows coming off his wrist surgery and then dealing with COVID of his own like how's he going to get it in gear and Malkin's been skating now so he should be coming back in the next few weeks probably by Christmas or so, so they think. So, yeah, it, it's kind of been tough. They're definitely not their MVP days when they were competing for scoring titles and all that, like maybe 10-plus years ago, 10 to 15 years ago. But uh, that's just kind of how it goes, I guess, getting older. Yeah, but at the same time, still two dangerous weapons went on the ice. Yeah, right. yeah, they, they're they so 
uh, getting it done. Crosby had three points against Montreal on Saturday, so it looks like he is rounding back into form. He got to 21 minutes for the first time, so he's ramping up at least, which is good to see. Yeah, that's one of the things I was looking at. He's got the six points in his nine games back. You know, half of those points came against Montreal, so that's that's a good sign because I was looking at it too. Four of his points have come in losses, and two of them are in wins. You know, they're five, four, and one since he's been back. So if he can start playing like he did against Montreal, that's a good sign for you guys. Not a good sign for the Flames. We're going to get a you know their first look at him. Um, but you know, positive for you guys gives you something to you know start to grow on. And I guess that leads into my next question: is you know the the Met is a pretty tough division, right? Like how, um, what does Pittsburgh have to do to climb the ladder to move up? Cause the gap with, between you guys and Columbus isn't much of anything, or it's even a tie. And it's, I mean, then ahead of that, I think it's your seven or eight points behind the top two, but there's, there's room to grow, right? There is room to grow. Um, so far this season has been Carolina and Washington have just been out in front of the pack, which is no surprise. I, I think those two teams are comfortably on a path to get into the playoffs. And then, the Rangers, I think, have taken a big step forward. They're 13, 4, and 3 right now, maybe a year quicker than than most thought for them. But their process really right now is kind of struggling. I could see them coming back to the pack. Columbus, like you mentioned, they've been a really surprised team. A lot of people picked them to finish seventh or eighth in the division and and they're well above 500 and playing well. And New Jersey even has has been a little stronger than expected. And then the Islanders, which talking about COVID stuff and injury stuff, they've been just decimated and they're on an eight game losing streak and they might be out of the picture now. Even I think it's gonna be hard for them to pull out. So for the Penguins, they just need to, like you said, I, I guess maybe you kind of figure Columbus might drop off as the season goes on because their roster from top to bottom on paper, isn't that really impressive. So I think for the Pens, it's just going to be staying above the Flyers, staying above the Islanders and then trying to compete with the Rangers. You know, makes makes sense. I mean, the Islanders are just struggling. I mean, you feel bad. They had, what, that 13 games on the road where they didn't even have a home arena until yeah, exactly. UBS opened up. So, you know, but speaking of road, um, Pittsburgh, very good on the road this year, 5-2-2. Two, and two. Um, You know, you're 500 in the division, 5-5-2 five, five, and two at home, very similar to the Flames. Calgary's 9-2-2 two, and two on the road, and they're 3-2-3 three, and three at home. Um, what's contributed to Pittsburgh's struggles at home? Was, was a lot of that, you know, COVID and injuries earlier in the season? Or is they just not playing well at their own rank? I think they just happen to not play well. Like they, I mentioned, they lost to Montreal on or Saturday night, and Montreal has kind of been a mess right now. And the Penguins also lost to Buffalo last week, and both of those performances had like goalies making forty-five plus saves on the other side. So it's kind of been a bit of bad luck, but it is surprising because traditionally over the years, Pittsburgh has been really, really good at home with their home ice advantage. Now you guys are on the road. You got a pretty tough five-game trip coming through, you know, with Seattle, Calgary, whatnot. Um, what what's Pittsburgh have to do on this this swing through uh, Western Canada and you know the Western United States to be successful? It's going to be tough. I looked at it. I believe uh, the game tonight against Calgary is going to be the twelfth game. In there's a stretch where the Penguins play thirteen games in twenty three days. So, I mean, this, they played a lot of hockey in the middle and late part of November. So uh, I think just energy, too. They played a back-to-back Friday, Saturday, and then have to make a pretty decent road trip out to Calgary. So that's something that I'm going to be watching for to see just what the legs are looking like for the Pens as, as they go to Western Canada and play Monday, Calgary, Wednesday, Edmonton. Now, 
when you look to down the roster, you know, scoring at times has been tough for Pittsburgh, but uh, when you've got Tristan Jari playing as well as he's been playing, um, you know, a couple of goals might be all you need in a night. Uh, what's your impressions of his play so far? Jari has been incredible. And it's, it's really surprising because he was so awful in the playoffs. Like he was literally passing goals away and there's no doubt about it. Like the Penguins were a better team than the Islanders, but the goalie discrepancy is why Pittsburgh lost in the first round last year. And really since Marc-Andre Fleury left, the goaltending position's either been a question mark or just a downright weak spot for the Pens. But so like everyone expected, will the Penguins make a move in the offseason? Will they bring in someone else? But they didn't. They stuck with Jari. I think that was really a result. The goalie market, like all those goalies signed kind of long-term contracts for big money. Like it wasn't really a situation, especially for Pittsburgh, where they don't have a lot of cap room where they really could do much. So I think they were kind of backed in the corner to keep Jari. But he's been unbelievably great so far, which is surprising because just when you count the guy out and figure, you know, the the end is near, he he's been one of the best goalies in the league so far this year. Yeah, his numbers have been fantastic, and I think that's something too. When you're down to your better offensive players, if you got somebody on the defensive end like Jari and Net who can keep you afloat, that's a huge, huge help. Um, last time these two met, Calgary won four to nothing, October twenty eighth. Um, what is what's been different with Pittsburgh since then and what do they have to do differently this time than they did last last time like we mentioned um it was a tough game there's no Chris Letang in that game there's no Crosby a couple the Penguins roster for that game was pretty tough in that game that was when Jacob Markstrom was really in his hot streak he made 45 saves and shut the pens out so hopefully Markstrom won't be quite as good as he was you know in in October because he was just awesome and other than that, I mean, the Pens have to keep working. Evan Rodriguez right now is in an insane hot streak. I think he had 12 shots on goal against Montreal, and he's just playing unbelievable hockey right now. So uh, the Pens need Rodriguez and Jake Gensel and guys like Kasperi Kapanen to to give them life. And hopefully the power play has been a real struggle point for Pittsburgh. They're near the bottom of the league, and it's been a long time since they've scored you know, a lot of goals there. So ideally, I think they're going to try to keep it simple and hopefully get something other power play sooner than later. Makes sense. Um, Fans wise, I mean, fans, not I guess, spoiled might be the right, wrong word in Pittsburgh. I mean, the Penguins have been have a really good track record of being good for a long time. If you grew up in the 80s and early 90s, you know, you had the Mario Lemieux, Tom Barrasso, uh, Yarmir Yager years. Now you got you have the Crosby Malkin years. Um, What is the pulse of the fan base right now in Pittsburgh? Like, you know, is it? kind of in the middle are they low right now what what's what's going on with the fans in pittsburgh i i think you're right uh, when you mentioned being spoiled because I, I think the penguins definitely are technically it's a 15 game or 15 season postseason streak since they made that like bubble playoff in 2020 so like every year since 2007 the pens have been in the playoffs lately they haven't won a series i think since 2018 so I think the fans really are kind of down, kind of apathetic. There's long shutout streak that or sellout streak, excuse me, that just ended. Just the enthusiasm, I think, isn't quite there because the team didn't make a lot of changes lately. It's kind of the same old crew, and the fans have seen that this group hasn't been able to get very far in the playoffs lately, even though like they're good enough to get there. So I don't know. It, it is kind of weird that there isn't a ton of buzz or energy or excitement, but I think that could change, you know, if, if they round into the form in the second half of the season or maybe make a trade to add something like that could help things out. 
Actually, it's funny. You just transitioned to that. I was going to go off topic for a minute here. Is there something Pittsburgh could add that would help them, um, you know, push for the playoffs and push to get farther up in the division um, at the trade deadline? That's a good question. I think their spots right now, their backup goalie isn't playing well. Casey DeSmith, who played against the Flames and lost mm-hmm. last time out. And Jari's played like among the NHL leaders in games played. So I don't know how much they can ride him. So maybe a backup goalie. Like I've seen Dallas has a ton of goalies. So I don't know if, if there might be a fit there. Or on the back end, I think they could use a guy probably on the right side to play behind Latang and John Marino. So, but that's the thing is they don't have cap space. So anything's going to have to be like dollar in dollar out. The trades are going to have to be even. And really at this point, if you could just trade for a healthy Malkin and get Crosby on track, that's really where the, the upward kind of mobility is going to come from to change the roster. Yeah, fair enough. Sometimes it's what you already have is what can make you better as opposed to going out. And I'm looking at Jerry. He's played in 17, uh, 17 games out of your 21. It's similar to Markstrom. You know, you ride the you ride the hot goalie. I mean, Calgary is fortunate to have um, Dan Vladar, you know, as a backup who's played extremely well. But I can see that how they get some point that workload will probably catch up with him. Right. I mean, he can't keep this pace up. Yeah, that's I think that's a real concern because goalies these days aren't playing like 65, 70 plus games a lot yeah. usually. So that'll be interesting to see in places like Pittsburgh and Calgary just how much. Because I mean, when you have a, a goalie that's playing as well as these guys, it's it's hard not to play them early in the year. But at the same time, I think you want to manage that workload and keep them fresh for down the road. Yeah, there aren't a lot of like, for at least for the Flames, there aren't a lot of Mika Kiprasov starting 70, 72 games. A season yeah, exactly. It just, it just doesn't work. Uh, finally, here as we wrap up, um, someone Flames fans uh, should be looking out for. Uh, during the game Monday night that they might not know about, maybe not a big name. I know in our last one, um, Rodriguez was our player to watch because he was, you know, playing well at that point. Um, is there somebody Flames fans when they're watching Monday night should be keying in on or focusing on? Yeah. I mean, I kind of would stick with Rodriguez. Like I mentioned, he had 12 shots on goal last game. His career high is nine goals in the season. He already has eight. He has 15 points in 21 games. Like right now he's just playing with a lot of confidence and, He's 28 years old, so it's not exactly like he's young and he's been around for a bunch of years now, but it really looks like a light bulb has just gone off with him. And somehow now he's just a lot better of a player that's just generating a lot and making stuff happen. So that would be the guy, I mean, that really jumps out to me that that's playing, you know, under the radar. Um, They had Brian Rust got hurt in pregame warmups on Friday night. It seemed like he fell and couldn't play. And they moved Rodriguez up to play with Crosby and Gensel. And that line has been really, really dangerous in the two games it's been together and, and really kind of driving the bus for the pen. So that is what I would look out for first and foremost. Awesome. Excellent, Jim. Anything you want to add before we get out of here? No, I mean, looking forward to seeing the game and it should be a lot of fun. All right. Awesome. This is Jim from Pennsburg. They are the Pittsburgh Penguins website for SB Nation. You can find them on Twitter at Pennsburg, P-E-N. S-B-U-R-G-H, and on the web at www.pensburg.com. If you enjoyed this podcast, please find us on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcast. You can download them all there. You can also download our episodes of Mark and Michael's Musings and our episodes of The Tinderbox as well. Flames and Penguins, Monday night, 9 p.m. Eastern time for Jim and I. For the rest of you people live in Calgary, that's a 7 p.m. Mountain time start for the rest of you. 
Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Behind Enemy Lines, and we will catch you next time.